0: Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B R E I N fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L I F O 1 5. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by BrainFuel. This is part of Sports ETA series and here with Mark Kosky, uh, the CMO of the NFHS. A lot of acronyms there, but uh, Chief Marketing Officer of the National Federation of High Schools. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about high school sports, where the, where the youth sports landscape is going. Obviously going to be you know semi-impacted by NIL, and I'm probably understating there a little bit, but... Uh, certainly, a lot going on as it relates to, you know, TPG and PlayFly and some of the organizations getting into the high school sponsorship landscape. It's just continuing to grow as a business as well. So, Mark, really excited to talk to you today, and welcome. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate the opportunity. Obviously,
1: look forward to uh, this time together and uh, sharing some some ideas, background about myself. But uh, I love listening to your uh, to your podcast because I tell you, it teaches me something every day as well.
0: Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to provide some uh, insights to the listeners around this space, because it's one that's super underrated in terms of the business component. Uh, obviously, you know, the the future of college athletics and pro sports feeds off of the high school landscape, right? You've got uh, almost 20,000 schools and and over 12 million athletes that are competing on a yearly basis. I mean, that's a that's a lot and b you hope it grows right and you hope that there's even more in the future but at the same time um you know there's more and more uh evolutions of the sports business as a whole right and and what high school sports is becoming so can you just talk a little bit about how you got into the high school sports realm and where you where you see it going yeah no
1: i appreciate that you know so when it comes to just the sports world, you know, when I was, uh, I think it was in third or fourth grade, I had a, had a phenomenal physical education uh, PE teacher uh, by the name of Mr. Wolf. And I wanted to be like Mr. Wolf. I was like, hey, I want to be a gym coach the rest of my life. I want to I wanna take his job, you know, at, at some form or fashion. I went home that day. I told my mom, I said, I want to be a PE gym coach and coach when I grow up or whatever else. And sure enough, that kind of, you know, maintained all the way throughout Uh, high school and college. I went to University of New Mexico uh, in Albuquerque, uh, ran track and field. I was uh, a decathlete and 400 meter runner for for UNM, but received my degree in uh, physical education teaching. And so I started right away at a a big high school in Albuquerque uh, by the name of Manzano High School. And I was a varsity football, varsity track and field coach, as well as uh, physical education and and, and coach. And I love that uh, I love that world, and that's really what you know I, I saw myself doing, uh, you know, for ten years before eventually I, I wanted to eventually work for the State High School Association in New Mexico. And I was fortunate enough, after four years of coaching and teaching, I uh, started at the New Mexico Activities Association for a number of years, and uh, fourteen years ago uh, received this job here uh, in Indianapolis, and of course worked for the NFHS as kind of the governing body, you know, for for high school sports and have loved it ever since. I love my job every day uh, and I love the high school space, Uh, you know, had opportunities to to look at college and and do some things in the pros or whatever else. But I tell you what, I love the passion, the commitment behind high school, everything that means, you know, everything that that you and I both both had uh, in terms of as a high school student and the teamwork approach and all of that. That's what we work for here at the NFHS each and every day about truly impacting those 12 million student participants uh, throughout the country. And so uh, it's, a, it's a dream job. Uh, has been from day one since I've been working here, and I know it will be all the way
0: through retirement. So you mentioned, or well, I mentioned that you were the CMO, and and one would ask, like, well, why do you have to market high school athletics? Like, don't people just find out about it and then they play? And, like, why would you ever market it? Um, I mean, what goes behind, A, uh, when people go, okay, what is NFHS, right? First of all, and somewhat equate it to the NCAA of high school athletics, similar to the NJCAA and so on, right? But then, to then probably a question you get asked often is, well, what do you do, right? And uh, ultimately, you know, you're not talking to all 12 million uh, high school athletes. So, uh, just what is what does that day to day process look like, and and how does the business uh, evolve as a whole. That's a great
1: question. It's funny. Early in my career, people would ask, "Man, it must be nice to be around sports all day. long. You get to watch Sports Center. You get to—I mean, this is awesome. You get to watch games all the time." You know, it's funny is I can't tell you the last time that I watched Sports Center. I wish I did. You know, but uh, so busy. But I tell you, you know what the NFHS does truly—you know—is to write the playing rules and and to to come up with uh, strategies about how to increase high school sports and. And performing arts, because a lot of times people think, oh, because of the connection with the NCA, they, they think it's only student uh, athletics uh, only. But it's also speech and debate, music, drama, band, and so we say anything that happens after school within the school setting—that's what the NFHS is a part of, and that's what we love. Again, you know, how do we take? How do we go from 12 million student participants to 13 million participants? Because We're all about being under the direction of a teacher coach, because we believe if you're under the direction of that teacher coach, good things are going to happen between three o'clock and five o'clock or six o'clock every day, as well as, hey, on the playing fields, on the performance, in the performance arenas. Uh, You know, as as your team wins and loses, uh, it's, you know, all of that is all part of the experience of high school that we think is so critical. And if you look at, you know, our, uh, you know, top CEOs throughout the country, majority of them were a part of of NFHS programs in some form or fashion. And So, uh, you know, we here at the NFHS is all about number one, number one job, uh, of course, you know, trying to increase participation. Uh, Working with our member state associations, which there's 51 of those throughout the country, um, so all 50 states plus D.C., uh, is important to us, and then ultimately comes down to the 19,500 high schools uh, throughout the country that that are competing for state championships uh, within their local states, you know, trying to find a way to make sure that, that programs continue or, you know, our participation continues each and every year. Uh, We started tracking participation numbers in 1971. And the good thing is we've never had a reduction of participation numbers. And the good thing is with Title IX, which we're in the process of celebrating our 50th anniversary of Title IX, uh, those numbers are starting to get a little closer, the boys and girls numbers. And that's what the NFHS is all for. We wanna have programming for all students across the board, uh, whether it be athletics, again, performing arts, fine arts, uh, esports, you know, is one of the things that's out there now. And a lot of people say, ah, it's not a traditional sport. Well, to us, here's the thing. I don't care if people call it a sport or activity. It's students engaged within, you know, their school setting after school and not going home and, and, and doing crazy things at home. They're learning the, the, the positives and, and, and negatives, you know, so to speak, of wins and losses and ultimately how they can be a lifelong positive citizen. Uh, so that's the NFHS's mission goal each and every day.
0: No, it's great. I mean, when you think about the participation continuing to grow, well, the flip side is you need coaches, right? So how do you grow the amount of coaches? How do you grow the amount of people that want to coach, that want to help educate the youth, that want to help impact lives? Because that's ultimately what it's about, right? And, um, you know, there's organizations out there like a Positive Coaching Alliance that does a great job, right? And, And how do you go about keeping the coaching numbers up? Because without coaches, you don't have teams. Gosh, you know, Jake, and actually it's,
1: it's similar to, I'll get back to that question, but it's similar with officials as well. You know, we, we continue to have our national campaign. It's called Become an Official Campaign here at the NFHS. How do we increase the number of officials? Because if we don't have officials, and potentially don't have games out there. And there's, there's been examples out the country where you know freshman games are canceled because just there's not enough officials to officiate and so the same thing back to coaches themselves in terms of how do we get our coaches to be first of all trained uh properly trained so to speak and in the nfhs learning center uh which nfhs created 16 years ago was all about trying to have courses and not i'll start by this Not that a online training course is the end-all be-all for coaches at all. However, I'd much rather a teacher coach uh, to to learn uh, through the NFHS learning center than not at all. To For a coach who just raises her hand and and coaches the way that he or her learned uh, under the direction of coach. And sometimes that can be very positive. Sometimes it can be negative. And so we love that when the NFHS Learning Center, like I said, was created with our we have over 80 courses, a majority of those are free uh, for coaches to take. We love that at least that's an initial platform uh, or baseline, I should say, that coaches can can take to be uh, coaches in the community because we all know this. You know, I was, you know, again, a, a, a coach, you know, at a big high school in, in New Mexico. And, you know, at the end of the day, what do you make in a quarter, an hour, whatever else it truly is, you know, for the love of the game. And, and for the love of students, you know, to, again, help them grow to be positive citizens and, and great, you know, husbands and fathers and and, uh, and great moms out there and, and just, great, again, members of society. And so, uh, you know, when we look at, hey, how do we get these coaches to, to continue to be involved from the NFHS side in terms of public relations side, we're showing, of course, all the positive things about being a coach and and how you're influencing students out there. And we'll continue to do that because, Hey, the 1.6 million coaches that we have, we need to make sure it stays there. If not, increases over time.
0: Yeah, the officials thing is really interesting. I didn't think about that, but it's a crucial component. And and might I say, good officials, right? No one likes the bad officials. So just as hey, no one likes,
1: you know, I, I was a coach for a number of years. I was always against officials. It's funny. <laughs> now, initial, I'm all for officials because we need officials. And and I tell you what, they all mean well. They're making they're making nothing. You know, they're volunteering, so to speak, as well. Uh, but I tell you what, they're out there teaching sometimes just as much as coaches, you know, and they can have those conversations with, with those student participants, uh, you know, you know, and uh, on the soccer fields and those volleyball courts, uh, just as well as coaches can.
0: As someone who caught for a little bit while I played baseball, though, I was usually the pitcher or in the field, you'd have a nice conversation with the umpire. And, and when I was an umpire, when I was younger, I'd do some of the, you know, the younger games, the little league games, so on, I'd have a nice conversation with the catcher too, right? It was, you know, it was, Something else to do while you were out there. So, um, couldn't agree more, Mark. But I, you know, when you think about the business of high school sports and where that's going, let's kind of uh, transition into that because it's it's interesting, right? It's continuing to evolve. It's continuing to get bigger. Obviously, it's fueled by a little bit of the, you know, recruiting to college. That's changing a little bit. NIL is changing. There's all sorts of change, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. So um where is the business evolving from a high school sports perspective and like where did it come from as well
1: no i agree i i I feel like college i'm sorry high school world right now is probably where college was like in the 80s you know in a sense it's starting to starting to pick up starting to grow uh which is a good thing you know we're starting to get more interest uh from businesses out there to take part in their local communities and we love that you know as you, as a former baseball player, of course, you always look in the outfield. You see the hundred, two hundred dollar, uh, you know, banners that are hanging down, and and we love that. That's what high school, because a lot of times it's community. You know, it's that community coming together, and whether the the, uh, uh, the kids are you know selling gold cards or whatever they used to call it, you know, kind of with a ten percent off discount for you know those type of things. It's getting the community involved, not only of course on that playing field or that court but it's also getting the businesses involved. And, and that's always kind of been there. But I feel like you know it's really elevated over the last few years that there's more eyeballs. And, and we'll talk here shortly probably about the NFHS network, about where that has gone. Uh, but when we created it, you know, eight years ago, the NFHS network really had one goal in mind. And that was to make sure that we can cover every high school event on a streaming network so no one Uh, could not ever miss a game again. And there's 2 million events every year throughout the country. Uh, And the NFHS Network this next year is going to be in between 900,000 and a million events on the NFHS Network to show all those great games. Because again, you know, as much as we want all the fans who are local to attend these games, we want the crowds crowds full and cheering and, and, and all revved up for the team. Unfortunately, hey, when you're living in California and you're you're playing and kids are playing in Florida, you can't necessarily do that. And so, again, we want those local local communities to come together on a Friday night or Thursday night volleyball game. That is what high school is all about. That will always continue. But, hey, now how can we bring the fan from outside of the state inside that stadium and have the same experience, so to speak, uh, as someone participating live?
0: Well, and hey, even for someone like, you know, myself, who when I was in high school, we won junior and senior year state championship, and you go off to college, we want to see the next year or two of the guys that you played with, you know, you want to be able to watch their games, right, to some extent, just the way you do with college after you go and graduate, and you're an alumni. So I think, uh, A, smart, but B, how the heck do you do that?
1: No, exactly. I'll tell you what, in terms of growing the network, it's it's been unreal, you know, in terms of, you know, we started year one of the network, as I mentioned, eight years ago, you know, with a handful of schools producing their own events. And uh, it was student led broadcast. And we love that. We love when kids who usually are not part of the teams are raising their hand and becoming a play by play and a camera operator and showing those students. But we learned three or four years into the business, we said, hey, if we only rely upon students to produce games, we're never going to get to that 2 million mark. We're only going to get to, you know, uh, I mean, 100,000 events because the students themselves are busy. They don't show up. We, we would, from the network perspective, we would promote a game all week long. Hey, watch this big volleyball game on Thursday night. One kid would show up. One kid would show up and then, of course, there'd be no production. So you have everyone that we solicited to and marketed to uh, would say, where's this game? You said it was going to be on. Obviously, we didn't have camera crew to do it. So we found out early, in order to get to that 2 million events a year, we had to find an automated solution. And uh, we partnered with a company by the name, Pixelot, which is an automated camera, that now we install those up top of a, a football press box on a, you know, football and a lacrosse uh, soccer field outside or inside a gymnasium you know for all those uh, great volleyball games and, and basketball games and now the cameras turn on automatically 15 minutes before the game when there's no one left in the gym they turn off they're connected to the scoreboard so you as a as a uh, subscriber you automatically have of course the great coverage that's happening inside that gym but it's you also have the score that's happening as well as the time the whole nine. But what's amazing about these cameras is that there's an algorithm that knows it's a volleyball game. So it kind of zooms in. It's a tight shot and it zooms in on that play versus having a one still shot for the, for the entire court. And so it's, it's as good as you can kind of make a million high school events be, so to speak. And I'm not saying that, Hey, we're, you know, we're not ESPN quality. We're never going to get there. Because we don't need to be, you know, we have 50 subscribers. We have a few thousand subscribers that are watching a particular game. We don't have millions of subscribers. That's not the high school model. The high school model is a million or millions of events times, you know, 50 people watching per game. Well, that's a lot of subscribers long-term, but most importantly, we're covering those freshman games, JV games, big varsity games, boys and girls across the board. They all mean just the same and uh, it's an awesome opportunity again for those who can't make it to the game to be a part of that action.
0: Yeah, that's incredible just the technology and what it's going to allow you to do. I mean, if that allowed you to do that a couple of years ago, what's the technology going to allow you to do in five years from now, right? We we don't know the answer, but I'm sure there's a lot of dreams and things that you've got on a list that you'd love to do, um, and those might be able to come true based on technology. Now, obviously it comes down to cost. There's a business component to it, but to your point, it's the exposure and the ability to, to, to allow anyone to watch if they want to, right. It's that access. Um, so really excited and, 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 you know, uh, impressed with what you guys have been able to put together, excited to see where it goes, um, on, you know, the NFHS side, what's the biggest challenge coming for you in the next couple of years, as you look at the high school sports landscape and where it's, where it's going?
1: Uh, great question, Jake. I, I would say by far it's going to be NIL. You know, as, as that has name, image, and likeness, and as that has hit the college scene, uh, we want to make sure we protect the high school space. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, students are still participating for their school, they represent that mascot, uh, and they represent that community that's there watching them, cheering them on. Uh, we believe hey it's 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 what high school uh, was founded on high school sports are founded on and it's a part of and so if we can keep uh you know the the nil kind of you know out of the high school space uh believe that will be be very helpful uh, transgender has been another uh, big big topic for us. uh you know as, as you have you know, that issue um, in terms of that topic i should say that's that's uh, starting to float within, within legislatures uh, throughout the country and, and, and laws uh, being changed, you know, we need to stay up to, up to date on that. You know, we are all for students participating. As I mentioned, how do we go from 12 million students to 13 million students? And uh, inclusion is important to us. Uh, we want all kids to have that opportunity to participate. And uh, they're they're um, hopefully able to do that within their within their schools. And so I would say those are probably the top two. Uh, you know, obviously, of course, COVID and and where that's uh, the Delta variant, where that's going. Uh, we really are just hopeful that all 51 of our associations and the 19,500 high schools throughout the country are able to play, uh, participate. So important because hey, they are learning again the lifelong positive. Uh, messages that they're learning on these fields and these courts from these from these teacher coaches uh, are are bigger now than ever and so important uh, that these kids come together and have a safe place uh, after school to participate uh, for the games that they love.
0: Yeah I mean obviously there's there's the graduations there's all of that stuff that some of the students missed but to miss a season two that's a tough one right and that's you know you're only 17 once you're only 14 once whatever it is and um, you know, it's it's the ability to not be able to play with your teammates is certainly uh, a frustrating one. So, yes, very hopeful, fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed, right, to, to be able to uh, make that happen in a safe manner. Um, and, you know, that obviously impacts the, the mental health component a ton, right? And that's not a topic that gets talked about a ton, but, you know, for something that is going to continue to be a focus for a lot of people uh, in the coming years, Um, as we kind of get into you know our brain fuel segment like from a mental perspective what's the biggest mental health challenge that you're seeing from a high school student athlete perspective um, both on on the field and the court and also kind of as you mentioned in the performing arenas and so on
1: yeah yeah I would say primarily it would be kind of just the overload in terms of you know there's data overload nowadays in terms of what students are are receiving there's they're getting over-programmed and pulled in every different direction, whether it be from club coaches, uh, whether it be from from home life, whether there's so many things that are happening nowadays in terms of how can we get the students to still be 14 to 18-year-old, 19-year-old students? You know, how, how do we find a way for them to still enjoy their, their, their high school days without programming them, them them crazy to go from, you know, one practice to the next, to the next game all weekend long, they're, they're participating. Uh, That's a, that's a big thing. I would think from, from our, my perspective, you know, uh, just making sure these students can, can enjoy their, their days. I mean, you know, we, we look at data reports about, you know, why students uh, don't participate, you know, after 12 and 13 year old years old, because a lot of times they, it was just too much, you know, when they were in the youth, they were, uh, playing game after game and practice after practice, and game. we had you know parents and these guardians that were just driving you know, these students into the ground. And so, uh, you know, how do we keep it in perspective? Allow them the opportunity to still be a child. Uh, That's what they are. You know, they're young adults, uh, and and uh, to enjoy the games that we all grew up loving. And how do we put, how do we move that long term uh, to to be uh, again lifelong uh, participants? in in sports that we love we're not saying that everyone's going to continue to play football you know when they're 67 years old but i tell you what there's a lot of these lifelong sports that these students can be a part of and we don't want to drive them into the ground when they're 18 years old Uh, we want them to have the opportunity to again enjoy and love the games uh that that they grew up loving and how do we keep that love going
0: yeah, last question for you as we wrap up. Uh, the most important aspect as a coach or an official as they're helping the student athlete. Uh, put yourself back in those shoes. Gosh,
1: you know, I, I would say try, trying to find a way to keep it fun. Hey, you, we all, we all want want to win. There is no question. We want coaches and we want students to learn how to win because in, in life, hey, you're going to have to eventually interview against someone else. Uh, You've got to you know find a way to win. You know that job. Uh, you know, win as a family, you know those type of things, and so I would think you know with with our, our our coaches, you know that that's probably the biggest thing. It's like, hey, we understand winning, and we're all for that. I don't want to say that we're not for that, but let's keep it in perspective. Let's make sure we we win the right way. But I tell you what, I, I say you know for my kids all the time, sometimes they learn more losing a game or a contest than they do winning. You know, and uh, uh, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I'll, I'll sit with my my wife in the stands sometimes. And I was like you know kind of hope they lose this game because they need to learn a lesson of why they lost that game because hopefully when it really matters down the road at some point you're not that high school sports doesn't matter we all want to win that state championship and that's awesome and that's why some of the reasons we do this uh but but you know i'll tell you what when down the road when when that same situation is on the line again hey they've learned a lesson from the first time and hopefully. Hopefully, they correct it, so to speak, and uh, they end up winning that that championship or that contest, whatever it may be. You know, but winning in life, obviously, that's important. Um, and it's you know crazy to say it like that, but I tell you what, that's really what we want these students. And under the direction of these phenomenal teacher coaches uh, that we have, again, 1.6 million out there uh, that are out there, you know, giving their uh, their their life uh, to these students. That's what we commend. Uh, because that's, you know, teaching these kids, to, again, to be these champions long term.
0: Yeah, as our co-host Pat Gallagher says, we we work in the fun business, right? There's there's oh, the yeah. fun component of playing, right? And being a part of the team and being able to, you know, put the practice into play and all of that. So Mark, really appreciate the perspectives and insights you provided uh, for us and, and our listeners. Uh, certainly welcome you on back anytime, uh, you know, to talk more high school sports, it'll continue to evolve. Um, for those who are listening, check out the NFHS Network uh, as high school sports uh, start to ramp up here soon. I know high school high school football is big, and there's plenty of other sports and, and games as you were mentioning. Um, so, really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark.
1: Hey, thanks, Jake, and obviously, congratulations on on what you do. I mean, this is an amazing uh, podcast and uh, definitely a leader uh, for us throughout the country. So. It was awesome to be a part of it. Appreciate you.
0: Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at brainfuel.com, B R E I N fuel.com with the code LIFO15, L I F O 15 at checkout. And if you like Brain Fuel, Give us a shout out, comment, share, and leave a review.